0: I've a song so you can sing along with my special guest star too. For two, you like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today are two very special guests they are two thirds of soundtrack your life podcast it's ryan pack and nicole barlow everyone hey john
1: hi john so happy to be here Yeah, I'm so thrilled to be here. And if you guys hear anything, it is a cricket that I can't beat out of my wall. So that's uh, standing in for Brandis Wilson tonight will be the cricket (laughs) in my office.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, unfortunately, your other co-host does not like Jack Black. And so she's not here today. Uh, I am putting her on full blast because I did invite all of you to this. And she respectfully declined. But we are here.
2: She wanted to to make sure 100% that it's not, not... because of you, it's 100% because of Jack.
0: That's fine. You know, we will blame Jack Black for that. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into more of him. Uh, but we're, right now we're here to talk about School of Rock, which came out in 2003. Flashback to everyone. It's almost 20 years old, this movie. Think of it that oh. way.
1: <laughs> Not okay. Uh,
0: it, the screenplay is by Mike White, directed by Richard Linklater, which I'm very surprised about that because... Mm-hmm. It, there, it, it, there's no like 20 year time difference happening in the movie uh, and then according to IMDB after being kicked out of his rock band Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher of an a, a uptight elementary private school only to try and turn his class into a rock band that is the most succinct IMDB blurb I've read in a while because they like uh, what was the one I did the other day where it was like, they perform a Christmas carol or something like that, where it was like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, that one is just tight as a duck's butt. That yes. Is, that is just very accurate and very economical. Thank you, IMDB.
0: So did you two pick this or Ryan, uh, Ryan, did you pick this? What? What? Who picked this movie? I picked it. Yeah, do you, is this like one of your favorite Movies of all time or semi-musical movies?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I really love the movie and I know a lot about the songs in the film, like the original songs that are written for the film. And since your podcast is called Life's But a Song, I was like, oh, those are a couple songs that I wouldn't mind talking about.
0: Yeah. And Nicole, you've, I'm assuming you've seen this before.
1: So here is my embarrassing confession. Prior to today... I had never seen School of Rock all the way through.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So you've seen like the uh, TV or something?
1: It's in pieces, right? And I'm I'm also, I'm not Brandis Wilson, our absentee co-host. So I don't hate Jack Black. There is no hatred of Jack Black. I'm somewhere like in the middle of the spectrum where there are movies of his I can tolerate and those that I can tolerate less. And so I think that's just kind of like, I bypassed it when it came out and God, 2003, John. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's almost 20 years old.
0: And then it played on TV for like a solid decade. I feel right,
1: like. right. Like
0: on TNT or USA or one of those channels, uh, and it might be on right now. Who knows? <laughs> and now it's a musical. And now it's a, yes. And you know what's it's, it's kind of hilarious because Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote the musical. And in this movie, they sing Memory, which is a song from an Andrew Lloyd
1: Webber musical, Cats. <laughs> so, right. Wow. right, that's so true. I, what do you know about the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical version of this? Because again, I was barely aware of the movie, apparently. So, this whole musical offshoot was new to me.
0: Oh, I saw it.
1: Oh, you've seen it.
0: <laughs> I saw it, and I have the soundtrack. So, like, um, they, If I remember, they kind of... I think they do sing School of Rock in it. Wait, you know what? I have the album. May as well just look it up. Oh, you know what? Better yet, Wikipedia page. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Musical numbers. So they do sing School of Rock at the end in the competition, but then they turn other things into music, like the audition process um that that is a whole song and everything um uh the uh uh joan cusack's character sings like queen of the night from uh the opera crap what is it the magic flute thank you thank Mm -hmm. you brain i can think things a little bit uh (laughs) so like they and there's like a song that the kids sing about like how they wish their parents can listen to them and all that so it's very it's It was a very good show. I think I preferred the music in that than in the movie. But, like, we need the movie first in order for it. Right. <laughs> it's Chigity. one a, yeah. Yeah, but they, uh, I'm looking at the list here, and, you know, there's a, there's a shit ton of music. I didn't realize that. But um, they were heavily influenced by, like, the scenes. Um, you could tell that, like, they were like, okay, this is a great song moment for our kids and everything. And um it ran for like 4 years on Broadway. So
1: wow. When That's... you really
0: yeah, when you think about it and then it closed and then in the theater that it was in went in Beetlejuice. And now it has Music Man. So
1: <laughs> I mean as a as a musical theater professional, how do you feel about about movies like this one which are not technically musicals? How do you feel about them being adapted to the stage? Do you feel like the mileage is gonna vary, or is it something that like gets on your nerves? Like, wait, it's another one. I'm getting it's, asked uh,
0: questions on my own podcast. Oh my I god, I love know. this. I love this. The
1: expert.
0: No, um, so I feel like I don't know. It's a little bit of a double-edged sword in my opinion, where it's like, I would love I would love to see some movies made into musicals as well as some musicals made into movies, but also I like the idea. I like the original idea you know like um you know what I'm gonna say like Town is is a little more original like yes it's based off of a of mythology Greek mythology and all that but like the way that it's done is what's new and exciting however I do like uh, the albums for Mean Girls and Heather's and uh, other m- properties that were non musical movies before ter- being turned into musical theater. So I don't know. I just love. I, I just love it.
1: <laughs> You're like equal opportunity. I I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I I feel like this movie, the movie itself, it's you know, it's a movie about music, but I think we can all agree it is not a musical properly. Um.
0: You're yes, yes. This this per, this movie, but I mean, we cover all types of things, all types of uh, subjects on this podcast. No, I did, I do, a, I did a whole episode on Smith's Army Man. There is not, it's not a musical either. It's a one that heavily features music, but at least in this one, like you said, people sing and they play music and they play instruments. So, yeah, people sing.
1: What do we think of Jack Black's singing abilities? I mean
0: tenacious d first of all like we gotta 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 respect him i i do think jack black outside of this character great musician but like he's too good at playing annoying (laughs) (laughs) and i felt dewey was just like i've seen this movie a bunch of times i think it's been like maybe a decade since i actually watched it but like I don't know. I thought Dewey was just a little much for me in the beginning. And then there was that montage where they're like learning from each other in a way, where he's mm-hmm. learning how to be a teacher and they're learning about music. And it's like, okay, well, I buy this as like the character should be a music teacher in a way. Yeah. Uh, little foreshadowing for the ending there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers. The spoilers on the show. I mean, you know what helps is watching the movie in uh 2022. Because if you watch it today, uh, Jack Black seems, like, I think remarkably subdued compared to, like, a Nacho Libre, for example, you know? like
0: I don't know, Dewey seems a little, uh, well, I want to hear about Ryan's thoughts. I don't mean to be shitting on this movie, Ryan, even though you picked on
1: it. (laughs) I actually liked this movie, just for the record, I, I went in really not wanting to like it, and it charmed me. I was charmed.
2: They wrote it for Jack Black, so I think they knew, like, the right amount of Jack Black to give you in this movie. Mm. But at the beginning, he is a little grating, but I think that is on purpose.
0: Well, yeah, because it's one of those, like, you have to learn from each other kind of stories, where the kids teach him how to be a human, and he teaches them about rock history. Um, And also, like, you know, you don't have to be so uptight, Um, yes
1: yes yes they are perfect kids are like the perfect i think foil because they are kind of so serious right they're like these very driven like little prep school kids (laughs) and they don't um they don't ever match his energy really at all like it so it's a good counterweight i think to what he brings to the screen
0: like perfect folks sorry i was gonna say him with miranda cosgrove like those scenes together were amazing and i believe is this her first thing that she's done hold on let me double check uh
1: and we're gonna wiki that still. Gonna,
0: uh okay so she did an episode of smallville before landing school of rock and i think yeah and then from there she went on to like drake and josh and basically all other nickelodeon properties mm. so um you know what good for her she des- she freaking deserves it <laughs> She was, a, she also was a little grating at first, but like, that's the point of both her and Dewey. Like they're supposed to be a little annoying and then they're supposed to learn like how to become like the other person in a way.
1: Yeah, the movie has growth and it has heart. And I think it gets better as it goes along. And that whole kind of Jack Blackness that you start with kind of peels away and it gets a lot more enjoyable. At least it did for me. Like the more of the um, kind of upward trajectory of these kids learning and then learning about each other. It's like, it's just super cute. And it's Richard Linkletter. I feel like he should be given some kind of lifetime achievement award for casting the best kids. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's really funny in the stage version, the one that the uh, girl that plays the bassist, um, the bass guitar looked like it was taller than her. (laughs) she was so short it was so cute and everything and she's there she they do the like make the face and everything moment and she's this little girl with pigtails that you're like what (laughs) you're gonna be a hardened rocker right now (laughs) you're five you're you're five five. yes uh well wait what grade are they supposed to be in did they say i don't remember I, i may have blacked that out they're in
1: fifth grade An amazing question. It feels like
2: they're maybe in fourth or fifth grade. Like pre-puberty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're still cute. So they're definitely no no Peter
2: Brady's, you know, no voices (laughs) cracking.
0: Right, but like, but like they they know like things. Like, you know, they smell the bullshit in a way. I'm surprised I'm also surprised Joe Cusick's for the principal didn't smell the bullshit. I was just like, this person clearly knows nothing about teaching. How are you not? Like, are you sure? <laughs>
1: right? How did you not catch on? I, I, I get the sense that they're trying to paint her or portray her as so overwhelmed that she probably just can't because she's yeah her she drunken little
2: rant about how the parents are just so
0: intense. <laughs>
1: she just wants and, to listen to Stevie Nicks and like. <laughs> and then she the com-
0: my I loved when she comes in after they she finds out that the students just left and she's like so your kids are gone (laughs) my oopsies
1: (laughs) i loved her in this i thought she was so good in this
0: she was amazing i mean hell everyone's amazing even like even though we we find some people grading at first like that they're doing their job then you know like they're great actors um i i really do appreciate so wait You said this was written for Jack Black. Was it because of Tenacious D and all that? Do you know? So he had
2: worked with Mike White before on like Orange County and some other and some other stuff. And I think after High Fidelity, they're like, all right, this guy needs to be a star. So I think some studio was like, hey, you work with him. Like, let's make a movie that is going to make Jack Black a huge star. Because clearly it worked. An
1: accomplished,
0: the, yeah. Yeah, this was before Pick of Destiny, I believe. The Tenacious D movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, three years before Nacho Libre. Hey
2: Also written by Mike White.
0: Interesting. Oh, I, interesting. Wow. I they also have a
2: production company together, black and white. Black
0: and white. Mm, I was hey. just because I was gonna say, I was like, it's so interesting. You know, you have the color the black and white last names uh and a lot and uh both jack black and mike white had a hand in writing the songs that are in the movie so i didn't i usually when i do this i put out the songs but i was finding like uh conflicting uh song lists from different sources so the ones that the characters sing are called in the end of time that's the one I think they were going to sing at the, uh, um, at the Battle, Battle of the Bands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That one but was writ- not hardcore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that one was written by Jack Black and Warren Fitzgerald. Then there's Step Off, you know, the one that they it, that he improvs in the classroom. Improvs. They wrote it, apparently. Uh, it was written by Mike White, Liam Lynch, and Jack Black. Then there's Math is a Wonderful Thing. Um, mm-hmm which he sings about math, basically. (laughs) Uh, Written by Mike White and Jack Black, then School of Rock, the song we've talked about, the titular song written by Mike White and Sammy James Jr. And then at the end, they cover the ACDC, It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll, written by Angus Young, Malcolm Young, and Ben Scott. Wait, yes, Ben Scott, I think. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm doing great, everyone. ACDC
2: fans, we're trying our best.
0: I'm I mean, trying- really though,
1: I had a hard time too because it's like a nesting doll of songs and songwriters and <sighs> it's difficult to really calculate and catalog everything that's sung that's an original song, everything that is part of the soundtrack that's by another artist, right. all the contributors to this. Like it really is, a. It, I can see why Ryan loves it because it's kind of like a powerhouse.
2: Oh, Nicole, by the way. The song School of Rockets, remember Mike White, and what was the guy's name?
0: Uh, Sammy James Jr.
2: Also, uh, basically, Nicole, you would know them as the Mooney Suzuki. Yeah, remember that, how that band was a thing for like two minutes? I
1: do remember that that was a thing for, yeah, 30 seconds, maybe.
2: So that is the, so Mooney Suzuki wrote that with uh, Mike White. They were a band that kind of had like all this buzz for like a minute, and then they kind of fell pretty flat on their face.
0: And I want to amend what I said about uh, Bon Scott, not Ben, Bon Scott. I thought I spelt it wrong, but <laughs> apparently I did it. <laughs> uh, he was one of the three that wrote the ACDC song. Um, but there's also like that, that medley, I think is the term I want to use, where he's teaching them when he's figuring out who can play what. There's like uh, five or six different songs I- I incorporated into that and I don't I didn't have the brain capacity to write them down because that's a lot <laughs> right <laughs>
1: it's a but like it's a whole side job it's a whole side job other than podcaster
0: yes yes uh but I mean five songs what did we feel did we feel like this could have had a little bit more in terms of music or like more non-diegetic music which for those of that don't know that's music that's not justified it's like what we the audience hear not what the characters hear um I mean obviously there's a whole musical we kind of we, we did talk about that but like I feel like I could have done with maybe one more song from the band
2: I would have liked to see the kids play more with him like we were you could hear them like actually jamming and trying to figure stuff out
1: Agreed. Yeah. I think they keep it a, a little bit of a guarded secret because they want you to be surprised by how well they perform at the Battle of the Bands, like that big crescendo. So I feel like they hold back a lot of what they can do and they don't give you quite enough kid band, which I, maybe is why people are still clamoring for there to be a sequel because it would be, and why there are so many offshoots, right? The, the musical and the the show, this was a show for a while, correct?
0: Yes. I did not know of this until today that there was a uh there were for three seasons on nickelodeon there was a show uh based off of this movie um i i don't know really anything else about it oh it's set in texas because uh, I don't think uh, where are we oh Ohio- uh chicago
1: we are in New York like,
0: it's New York it looks we're like we're in chicago. New York
1: so the only reason I know that is because fun fact uh originally uh it was set in Austin and somewhere along the way, it got changed to New York, which is really interesting. I would think with Letter, it might have been um, the opposite. But that is where we are. Really? Well, he probably
2: pushed for Austin because he's from Austin.
1: Yeah, it got changed to New York, which do- it does seem strange. It feels like a smaller town somehow to me, but that is not the case.
2: I mean, it feels urban, but yeah. I don't feel like it feels like New York urban.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: could it could it be set in, like, Ups? Uh, like Westchester County and then like they drive into the city into Manhattan to like do the Battle of Bands
1: is that what is that what we're thinking feels right or like an outer maybe it's like you know up Long Island or something kind of thing yeah it's, it's undefined it's unclear where exactly in um New York we are but we are in New York
0: uh yeah so from 2016 to 2018 that's when this TV series happened. I did I do see here on the Wikipedia page that there was a sequel uh possibly rumored in 2008. Uh but obviously nothing came from that. And apparently they did a 10 year reunion. <laughs> or, or it was just a screening of it uh in Austin Texas at the Paramount Theater. Oh, wow.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> full circle. Fall full, Frickin' circle you know what's really interesting too uh and it's only interesting to me because on my podcast i've covered th- now this but also fan of the opera and cats and <laughs> a few years ago there's a video on youtube that i will probably put somewhere on the social medias where it's all three shows are done by andrew lloyd weber and they sing um so in in the School of Rock musical, there's a song called You're in the Band. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, that's the audition, you know, where it's like, play this and play this line and all that. And it, he's like, you're in the band. Yeah. So, but in it, uh, they have characters from both Cats and Phantom of the Opera. And when, Ryan, when you pitched this, I was like, oh man, I could post that video now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm that's glad where I can help.
0: That's where my brain goes, where I post things on the social media yes for my podcast oh god I'm I, I don't live a sad life everyone I'm,
1: I'm okay uh, we're all here at eight thirty. there's a cricket in my wall like
0: <laughs> yes
1: this is our after hours cocktail party so oh. no one here is allowed to judge you
0: so Ryan how did did you like watch this movie when it like first came out or were you uh introduced to it later in life or something
2: I think I was there opening weekend
1: Wow. Nice. Hey, OG. Are you
0: a Jack Black fan?
2: I'm a Tenacious D fan. I, yeah, I'm a there Jack Black fan. I was at his 40th birthday party.
1: What? I'm sorry. What?
0: <laughs> that. Rewind. Wait, wait, um, wait. I, I need details. How did you get invited to the party?
2: So his 40th birthday party was a Tenacious D show at this small theater. It holds about 250 people it's called Largo. So uh-huh. I went to go see, uh, so I went to go, and he brought his mom on stage for a Tenacious D skit where him and Kyle <gasps> talked about masturbation for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. no. And and then they gave us all cupcakes at the end with uh, JB <laughs> on the cupcakes. No way. <laughs> That's God.
1: beautiful.
0: So, oh, can I, oh, so you what? and Jack Black are best friends, right?
1: Yeah.
2: I have a picture with him and he's making a face. Oh, you're so lucky.
1: What is this? Are you doing PR for Jack Black on the side? Are you trying to revive Jack Black's
2: career? (laughs) Can I tell you a really funny story about him though? Yes. So, you know, people are hanging out in this courtyard and I, so he is married to uh, Tanya Hayden. And Tanya has, um, she's a, she's part of a triplet. And their father is a famous jazz musician, Charlie Hayden. So um, at one point during the show, he brought up um, Tanya's sister, Petra. He used to be in a band called That Dog in LA. So I saw Petra in the courtyard. I was like, oh, it's Petra Hayden. Can I get a picture with you? And she was like, aren't you just all here for Jack? (laughs) Like she was so confused. But um, yeah, he's married into like this musical jazz family. Like they're all like amazing musicians.
0: Wow wow i hate you just a little bit right now um just a little, just a little bit a little bit just because it's i'm jealous so, you know i wish i was there at his 40th birthday party i mean that's <laughs> so, a time.
1: legit good time how, how long ago was this he's like 50 now so it would have been was 10 it a years ago,
2: it was yeah probably about 10 years ago
1: Wow. He's been holding all this back because of our our other co-host, Brandis, who is not here tonight because she loathes Jack Black so much. So I don't even know that I knew half of this information.
0: I love that we're shitting on her. I've never met this woman (laughs) and we're just shitting on her for not liking Jack Black. You hear that, Brandis?
1: I mean, Brandis knows. Like, this is how she is, though. It's like, no, nope, I got a hard line. This is my boundary. Jack Black is my boundary, and it shall not be crossed. So we don't talk about him. He's he's Voldemort. We don't speak the name. So you guys it's have... really have... free. It's very freeing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like we did We did a uh, high-fidelity episode, and
0: oh no, we, we
2: cut it out, but um, Brandis was like, I will not watch anything with him. I, you know, I'll watch anything else. And we're like Requiem for a Dream again. And she's like, I will totally watch Requiem for a Dream instead of watching anything with Jack Black.
0: Oh no. Oh god. Wow. That's like pure hatred for him. And like he's not that he's a great actor in this movie. Like <laughs> I don't know why. And I feel like though, if they focus more on the kids, maybe we could have like conned her into watching this movie. I love how we're talking about this too. <laughs>
2: i don't know i don't what think she's also a big of fan of
0: kids
1: no that's the other thing is that like kids wouldn't sell her jack black this was, is this was, this was a no-go from this the beginning was, it was no go
0: this this was a hard pass like uh, no matter what
1: matter um, what. i don't think anything could have convinced her a wild horses couldn't have drug her on this podcast i'm so so sorry john it's just the way it is but now we can talk shit on her and we are free from our shackles and we can talk about jack black And speaking of high fidelity, I really feel like this movie kind of a spiritual successor to High Fidelity. It's like if his character from that record shop like grew up like another five years later, right? And then he kind of wanted to find a purpose. That's interesting. That's an interesting concept. I feel like it's him, but a better version of that character or something. Or
0: or like one that goes through a different character growth. In a it's
1: way, just, it's so similar, like to me, you know. It's like somebody who's like really music obsessed, and they've made that their whole life, but they haven't really found a way to move beyond that. Maybe I'm projecting a little bit.
2: <laughs> and we probably assume that's why it's in Chicago because it's him and another Cusack.
1: And it's another Cusack. Uh, that's the thing is that it, it feels mm-hmm, feels very related to me, like very much like cousins, right?
0: Interesting. And I feel
1: like Linkletter must have had some kind of. There must have been some kind of like knowledge. Of this that. is the
2: real
0: boyhood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Director's cut.
0: I mean, I also did. So watching this, I mean, even back in two thousand three, this was probably a little bit of an issue. But now watching this in twenty twenty two, what year are we in? Twenty two? Yes. Yep. I I just when they all go into the van for the audition, I was just like, they willingly go in the van with a- us. <laughs> somewhat of a stranger
1: like i know i know i'm a parent and ryan is a parent so i don't know if you felt this too ryan but there are definitely portions of this movie that again watching them in 2022 as a fully fledged adult and someone who watches after a small child i'm like okay i can kind of see some of the problems here <laughs> i think i'd still be mad even though they're really good there's a really good band it's all great okay so
0: oh wait are you are you saying you'd be mad if all of a sudden, um, you know? um a, 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 a sub comes in for your kids' class, and they basically make a rock band instead of learning what two plus two equals.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh I think the idea that they get kidnapped to go to a battle of the bands in a bus was maybe a bridge too far for me.
0: Would you say they were kidnapped or just led under false pretenses? Because I don't think he. I think kidnapping means like you don't know where you're going in a way. I. I love how we're defining this.
1: <laughs> I love, I'm not, I'm not a, a lawyer or a prosecutor, so I'm not sure I can like define the legal boundaries of like what is kidnapping. But if, if it feels like kidnapping a little bit, this is tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. It did yeah. have
2: permission slips, right?
1: You
0: know. Oh yeah, that was a that's a thing that he doesn't acquire.
1: Yeah, abduction. He, he, he acquired that bus abduction. somehow. Yeah, for sure. Oh
0: god, would it? Would this have been better if he was like a music teacher? I mean, it would have been a diff- a very different story to begin with, but if he was subbing for a music teacher, I feel like it would have been a little more plausible. I say
2: no, but that's just because I watched Code over the weekend. And that has a music teacher character in it, and I'm like, no. Oh, yeah.
1: I it, it mean, it'd be more of like a Mr. Holland's Opus or a Glee or something, right? Like it wouldn't be so much like this sister act. Like we're gonna reveal that he was there under false pretenses, but we love him anyway.
0: I, I love know. that you compared this to Sister Act. Thank it's you. It's Sister for that.
1: Act, kind of, right?
0: Yeah, I, you. Now that you say it, I see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Sister Act with like a, a rock and roll rapper and not a gospel rapper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh what uh what else was there what else what I, I don't know i'm really bad at this point of the podcast because it's it's like i want to get into sharp and flat but like i feel like we can, we still have a few good minutes left out of us to talk about this movie
1: we didn't I mean, answer your question at all i don't think about i don't, versus non-diagnetic <laughs> we just went off on some tangent about how I said we need more
2: diegetic music we need more of the band jamming and like figuring things out
1: yeah I think we did decide that I think that's where we fell down I mean but like but like it doesn't have to be a
0: full-fledged song it could be just them figuring out chords or like writing a song together you know like that may have been like a good moment but not necessarily like a, a fully fledged you know cover of a song or just anything just like a Oh, um, have you guys seen Fame before? Oh, yes. You know, Hot Lunch, the Hot Mm -hmm. Lunch Jam? Mm -hmm. Something like that. I want something like that. Where it's like organic and they make a song out of like, you know, somebody, uh, like all we need is, is his name Ricky? Is the drummer Ricky? Yeah. Uh, Freddie. Freddie just like starts drumming something and then all of a sudden the bassist starts playing and all the, like, it's just a buildup of a song, you know, not necessarily like like the math is a wonderful thing kind of song.
1: <laughs> Which I loved. I, I thought that that was uh, great. And I loved it. Um, again, against my better impulses. Because I'm not always a Jack Black fan. I think he can be too much of a muchness. But I thought it was really fun. The way that he riffed on everything. And I also would have loved, I think, more moments that felt um, a little bit more Rock 101. And I know there's that scene on the chalkboard where he has this like giant chart. <laughs>
0: Of like
1: every <laughs> rock band and artist and how it all relates and how it all interconnects but it would have been really great to see like one of those little kids that were all dressed up as like glam rockers to have like a montage moment you know I really wanted to see them do some Roxy music or something some early Brian you just go there for me I <laughs> 10 year old children I don't know
0: are you if your kids came home with CDs being like this
1: is me this is homework what would you what would you <laughs> What would you say as a, as parents? <laughs> I'm going to let Ryan take that one first. Your kids are younger, so you still have time.
2: Well, I mean, this is, I'm the wrong person to ask this. Cause I'll ask uh, my daughter who's not even three. I'll be like, Hey, what do you want to watch? We'll give you some screen time. You've been good today. And if she's not in her Disney mode, She'll be like, oh, can we watch more David Burn, Daddy? <laughs> She's I all about that. American Utopia.
0: Let's watch American like Utopia. Next so thing- when,
1: when they're uh. young, yeah, you can mold them. I feel like they're a lot more pliable to, like, oh, cool, I'll listen to whatever you're listening to. And then by the time they turn five, it's like, I don't know, their brains get taken over by terrible pop music. Like, I would love to listen to something other than Imagine Dragons uh the rap the minecraft rap like what I, my spotify algorithm is completely fucked you guys like it, it does not pass the vibe check if you have a child and they're listening to your spotify like you're wrapped at the end of the year it is chaotic. Oh, i'm so happy i'm alone
2: <laughs> i got cool in the gang last year though
1: what
0: that's not fair i mean how old how old are your kids nicole
1: so my, mine is eight i have one and he's eight uh and Obviously still cultivating whatever it is he likes because his tastes are very questionable.
0: Just just get him into the Beatles. Just get him into that and then yeah. go from there.
1: Yes, a gateway drug, right? That was my gateway drug.
0: I, I mean, I feel like that was mine too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But
2: then show was- him across the universe.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> you save that. You
0: save that until college. <laughs> or never. Or never. <laughs> I mean, I personally don't mind that movie because I I saw it in college and I feel like I was that's when it came out and that was the right time.
1: (laughs) Hit you at the right moment. Hit you at the right kind of like School of Rock. Hit Ryan at apparently just the right moment and has stuck with you. It did. It really. I mean, the
0: I I I was actually delightfully like happy watching this movie because I was just like, oh god, this this is good. Yes, Jack Black was just like a little cringy for me. in a way but you have like he has to be because it's that type of character where he has to have that thing called development and growth (laughs) so um is there any uh what what else what what else did I write down oh I was just writing logical questions down like why didn't the kids complain to the principal in the beginning things like that because it seems like Miranda Cosgrove's character was like three seconds away from going to Joan Cusack and being like listen I don't think he's real (laughs) And she got made band manager and then she got made band manager yes
1: yeah those type a personalities they got to do something oh
0: okay so uh, I'm assuming Nicole like I'm not assuming Nicole your kid is in school do they get demerits is that a thing
1: I, I mean, maybe if you go to some fancy prep school that you pay money for, but I'm pretty sure in public school, they don't have time to give you to merits. Like, are you drowning? Okay, cool. No, I mean, get, uh, um, still-
0: unless you're drowning a kid, like that's <laughs> like, <laughs> but like that's... Yeah,
1: you, yeah you would have to like I don't know spray paint some really severe graffiti on the side of like to get any kind of call home like it's demerits are not a thing I think that's an old school thing maybe maybe Letter was like uh I don't know this seems like prep school and this happened to me
0: because when Just that happened I mean it's it's like the smallest of small things but like granted they do the gold stars joke throughout the whole movie but like I, when they say the, the black circles are demerits, I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> like, how do you get a demerit? That's what I'd like to know. So, secretly at a military academy. Oh, so Mike White, come on the pod and tell me what how what the fuck is a demerit? How does one get a demerit in this school? Because you had <laughs> to have thought of it as the writer
1: is it being late is it like not having your number two pencil sharpened enough i don't know i i never really got in trouble in school and again like i had product of public school so maybe that's why and we were just like mm, you're fine we have other problems to worry about
0: <laughs> um like
1: one time i hopped a fence and i got detention and that was like the most trouble i ever got in, in how
0: dare you years. you're you're how such a rebel
1: right <laughs> i have defense
0: <laughs> ryan is rightfully staying quiet during this moment uh <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like I do not want to come off as a bad guy so I won't say that I cheated on every test or anything like <laughs> that I know oh. you did I can read your mind Ryan well, I
1: can't imagine you ever getting in trouble I can't imagine it, it, just, it does not come to me at all
0: I've gotten in trouble but I was
2: thinking I used to work at a private school and they actually still like measure like the length of the skirt <sighs> of the pup of the private school uniform like they don't do the like ruler thing on the hand where they hit you on the hand but they still do things like that so for me I'm like I guess the merits still are kind of a thing
0: so wait a second you picked this movie knowing full well that he's a bad teacher in a private school
2: I work in IT I'm not a teacher
0: oh okay okay but, but st- I mean you said you worked in a private school I didn't know if it was still IT or if you were a sub or something are you a yeah. sub
1: or are you a fake sub did you ever walk into a classroom and start yes. teaching it and then play your guitar
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you had to well, think for a minute so I'm assuming that's a yes <laughs>
1: that's really disappointing Ryan you really should have t- I hear that that works out great should have done it
0: should have done it uh, is there anything else y'all want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat I mean I, well uh, Sarah Silverman's also in this movie <laughs> She, they she,
2: don't give her much to do. She's just kind of mean the whole time.
0: She's kind of the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which well, it, it's a little upsetting because I do like Sarah Silverman as like a comedian and uh in other projects, but like God, she was she was bad.
1: <laughs> it was weird for me. I I feel like um I feel like they could have picked somebody that was a more, and maybe I just know too much about Sarah Silverman, the comedian in person, but they could have picked somebody that was more realistic. as, like a harpy Eagle.
0: Granted, you are watching this almost 20 years. After I know. The fact, See? So.
2: Yeah. Like because I was excited that she was in the movie. I was like, Oh cool. Sarah Silverman's in this. And then I was like, why is she in this? <laughs> like From all the people. Cause they, they do don't do let it. her be funny. She's not, they don't let her do a single joke
1: that's the thing that's unlike true. this movie being written around jack black and all of his strengths and really bolstering him as being like somebody that you could root for in this film uh none of her skills are catered to like at all it's just a very weird character
0: but also a gig is a gig so obviously she said yes to money
1: <laughs> i mean get that back sarah can't, can't fault buy. her for
0: that she's i mean she. She's probably gotten a shit ton of money with all the uh, times it's played on TV and everything. Truth. Oh, that's syndication money. All right. Let's get into Sharp and Flat, y'all. Sharp, sharp. flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. If we liked it, it's Sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it's Flat. Who would like to go first? you want me to go first so you guys can think about it a little bit?
1: You go first, John. To show us how the game okay. is played from the okay. master.
0: So I usually like to start with sharps because we like to start positive here. Um, I'm sharping Joan Cusack because I love her. Uh, I also loved Billy the stylist. He was great. <laughs> so
1: great. Kudos, Kudos so to
0: him. Um, I also am sharping Tamika and her like voice. Like I don't know. I th- she must have been like twelve or thirteen. Uh, but even still, that is amazing. Oh wait, they're ten. The characters are ten. So what is that? Is that fifth grade or fourth grade. grade? That's fifth grade. That's
1: about fourth grade. Yeah. And again, I, they're probably a little older than that in real life. I got the vibe that some of them were more mature than the age that they were playing. But fourth, let's go with fourth grade. That sounds correct. Um,
0: and I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate it, and I'm gonna also sharp all the kids like using their talents in a way. Like I get it, that's the whole point. But like we get to it like organically, you know, where they're like, okay, you three can sing. You are the you are the musicians. You tough looking kid who's clearly like five inches taller than everyone else, you are security. Uh <laughs> I loved that. And then also I love it's 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 so small and minor, but in the scene where um Joan Cusack comes into the classroom and they have to transition it from the quote-unquote class project to a regular uh classroom which then leads up to uh the math song like it was it was amazing because like you know you see these kids scurry around like <laughs> moving the instruments into the closet and everything it was so, it, I laughed so hard at that <laughs>
1: Yeah. Those are all, those are such great picks. I, I, I also have to sharp Tamika, Tamika as a character, her voice and that wonderful moment that she has with Jack Black that's so heartwarming where she's really insecure about her size. And she starts talking to him about how she doesn't want to sing. It doesn't want to get on stage because she yes. thinks that she's too big. And then he has this very kind of like sincere response for her about like, I don't care. I get up on stage and I'm me and everybody loves me. Look at Aretha Franklin. Like she's incredible. Everybody wants to hang with Aretha Franklin, which I can't say tonight, but it's like such a cute moment. Right. And it felt very, um, it felt very well done. Very like that Richard letter, like organic. You think this is really happening. You get like kind of caught up in that nice little sentimental moment.
0: Do you feel like both the answer for both uh, question for both of you, do you feel like he talks to the kids as like, adults or he like he doesn't talk to them as children in a way because like that like that answer and a couple other responses that he gives to them yes he's talking to children and he's using certain words that he would he would be like fuck it man you know i'm fucking fat whatever like he probably would have said that to a friend but like now that he's talking to a kid he's like Okay, let me censor myself a little bit.
1: No, he's definitely meeting them at their level. And I think that's what makes it entertaining. And that's what makes it work is that he's not talking to them. He's not talking down to them like kids. And and one of the things that I read about this movie was that Jack Black had a really hard time not cursing.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Like everything wanted to be like Buck. And so he had to learn to curse with his face, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) Like pull faces instead of (laughs) having an outburst.
0: Instead of being like,
1: shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i'm like let's try that let's see if i can do that
0: <laughs> start the swear jar like i mean gotta start somewhere I know, right i
2: heard uh, joe pesci also had to do that for the home alone movies yes
0: yes he did that's what i was thinking of where he was like i i knew it was some other actor i feel like almost every actor when they're dealing with kids has to do something like that almost being the operative phrase there because you know there's some people who i don't know and Some celebrities who I feel like don't know what curse words are. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: This is true. They're
0: great picks. Ryan, what are your sharps? You could say the whole movie. I know, I know you want, it seems like you want to.
2: I really like the fact that like, they don't go for any like low hanging fruit jokes with the kids. Like, you know, they're, they're not making fat jokes. They're not making Asian jokes. They're not i think like the closest that they come is the the uh, kid who does the costumes i think jack black calls them fancy pants at one point but like yeah kid, but yeah y- i mean the kids are all kind of these broad sort of broad strokes of children right you mm-hmm. know we got to have a diverse set of kids and we need to have you know we need to have the type a kid and we need to have you know all these. Uh, different kinds of kids and they're all kind of broad strokes i mean there's only so much you can do with the 10 year old anyways but um but yeah the movie is really good at not going for like those easy jokes and i really like that and uh i also just like the disgust of miranda cosgrove's face when jack black is just singing the immigrant song like at full blast <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's honestly kind of all of us I feel like she's sort of a stand in for the audience in those moments like is this is really happening is this guy for fucking real
0: <laughs> I want to know what the other what, what, when he assigned those two girls as groupies and they both just like yes like what What?
1: <laughs> no they <laughs> definitely there's a moment because again I just watched this today yeah, uh, there's a moment where they're like oh no groupies are gross and they have like sex and they're gross and that's i don't want to be a groupie and he's like no 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 groupies are so much more you get to make t-shirts and you get to do this and you're gonna be like band managers so he kind of like kind of like elevates their their role a little bit because they rightfully gla- so
0: i mean he glamorizes all the other roles yes
1: yes yeah, so they, they're not chill with it initially which is completely fair
0: <laughs> but the fact that they're just like yes i'm a groupie like
1: what yeah, it's it's a little like <laughs> but they definitely take it in the intended way and it is like sort of dealt with. It's not like he's trying to like polyate these like tiny four. They're games.
2: not there's no way to glamorize merch table, merch table.
0: Oh right. Yes. <laughs> merch
1: girl. <laughs> and I do um, like that everybody gets kind of this, like you said, John, like everybody's Strengths are really recognized and seen. And even the kids that are very much like behind the scenes and they're in that like A V role, like they're back there on their little laptops, like making graphics for the show. Like it's very cute and it comes together in like a very nice way.
0: Yeah. And you know, even though I don't know half their names, like they do say their names at points in the movie. Like there is that moment where Miranda Cosgroves starts to take attendance, and you're like, oh, that's what that kid's name is. But I don't care like I know that that I know that that is the uh AV guy the tech guy that is the stylist that they are the groupies they're the backup singers you know like it w- It was great to see them like I don't know physically embody their like inner inner in- inner abilities <laughs> I guess
1: yeah, it's like he emboldens them to do these things that they already kind of knew they could do, but they didn't have somebody to mentor them to really be that, Um, which I think is kind of something you can embrace if you're in the arts, right? It's like, you just need that person to tell you that like, yes, this is valid and you can do this. And it's, I don't know, there's something very like, nice about it in that way and it, and it doesn't matter like where you fall on that spectrum of like shyness because i think a lot of these kids really are kind of like withheld and they're very like um academic and whatever i also want to give a sharp to the kid that plays the keyboard lawrence lawrence on the keyboard was my favorite i love
0: it i love his uh costume at the end when so he good. has when he has all of those spikes and he's wearing a cape no I, I i ask why but i don't want to because i'm just like thank you <laughs> it's, I, no,
1: thank, just thank you because it's Cause better it's you. better not to inquire further it's just like so great i love
0: that kid uh um, okay pointing
1: with the keyboard <laughs>
0: and he's doing the slide and the gun and everything <laughs> okay. um okay do we want to do we want me to go first for, with flats then? yes
1: please kick okay. it
0: off so i flatted dewey but i th- But really, that's only at the beginning when he's really annoying, like really annoying, like so much so that I'm just like, do I have to finish watching this movie? Uh, (laughs) And then also I flatted the touching joke. I didn't think it needed to be there because I feel like the parents are already outraged and like, I don't feel like they needed the, "I I touched them and they touched me kind of a thing that that was that. Even back in two thousand three, I was just like, "Ooh,
1: that's a weird joke." <laughs> it's like pretty cringe, right? I feel like it was also maybe one of the few moments of like that's low hanging fruit and low comedy, and we just didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was the low hang. Yes, that. Yeah, it's
1: a better movie than than that.
0: They 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 didn't go with the low hanging fruit, as Ryan said, with everything else, but that one joke.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I really. can agree with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there weren't really. This, is a re- this was a really good, enjoyable movie and I had like those were like the easy ones. I didn't really find anything else that I didn't like that much about this movie. Yeah, um,
2: Sarah Silverman. Yeah,
1: I think we can flat Sarah Silverman just because her role literally is so,
0: we, so flat. It's we, just, we just think she's, she's the wrong person to play it or like the character is like the worst. Or both. Both.
1: Oh, I just think it was played wrong and she was the wrong person for it and it didn't deliver the I don't know dramatic tension that I needed in those moments it just wasn't delivering it maybe it wasn't intended to really be there but I wasn't feeling it
0: well, who knows like I don't know if I mean like I said she said yes to a job so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Say yes to life, Sarah.
0: Say yes. Uh, Would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? And by this question, I mean, like, you're not watching the movie, you're going to work or you're cleaning the house. And would you listen to any of this music?
1: I mean, there is this nice sequence of songs um, that happen. And I don't remember the exact transition of moments. I think he might be trying to take um, Principal Joan Cusack out for a date. But it's a a sequence of um, T-Rex, And then David Bowie and then Iggy Pop. And so if you know anything about me, like this era of music is very important to me. This is already kind of in my life's playlist. I love that they're all strung together sequentially, which is really nice. It almost feels like there are parts of the movie where you're visiting a certain era in rock. And I like the way that it's um, encapsulated in that way as you kind of go through the film. I thought that was really clever and cool. Um, So those are definitely in, in my desert island music list to begin with.
0: Would you add, though, any of the original music that they are playing?
1: I think mean, it's hard. You know, that things like this, I think, are always tough for me because you love them in the context of the film, but you divorce them from the context of the film. And we talk about this on Soundtrack Your Life a lot. You know, what would you what would you throw out? And what are you going to listen to, you know, in a car ride or in a situation where you just want something in headphones? I don't know that I want any of the original music, By itself, I want the scene. I want Mm. it all.
0: I think school of the school of rock the song works. So I'm going to add that. And then um, since we're going to go with other people's music, I'm going to pick the Stevie Nicks. uh, uh, What is that
1: called? What is that? Edge of Seventeen. Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. I mean, clearly, obviously, that I I'm probably leaving out a lot because I think there are a lot of really great tracks on this. I mean, they're they're classics, right? They're in the canon. They're yeah. in the rock and roll canon. That certainly is like a, an indispensable song. Who's going to throw out Stevie Nicks?
2: <laughs> but that scene elevates that song so much with that kind of interplay with Joan Cusack and Jack Black.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what would you add to your life's playlist?
2: So this is going to sound really funny, but the song that the opposing band plays in the battle of the bands
1: that heart song i what is it called it's
2: called heal me i'm heartsick um, that oh. the
0: adam pascal led band yes why why is it because spider is there and he's wearing that thing that is only sh- just sleeves is that why it is you know, I'm hel- thinking
1: about it. It's literally like one of those shrugs from like that are coming back into style and then like a naked torso. <laughs>
0: and it's leather.
1: Like, yes.
0: Oh, oh, I love him.
1: It's great. Right. Because Why? It, is a,
0: it is a great
2: parody of that era. It is um, the perfect butt rock song.
1: Wait, so- let me ask you this. Because for me, I was like, I was going back and forth. I'm like, what is this giving? It's 2003. Is it giving Goo Goo Dolls a little bit?
0: The one it's that they're like a- playing at the, the fake band, yeah.
1: the fake villain band, rival band called. Are they called No Vacancy? Is that? Yeah. The
0: yes.
2: Oh, small little sharp too when Adam Pascal's teaching it to the band, and he goes A minor G, and I just thought it was so. I laugh every time he does that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, it
2: is the perfect bad song.
0: I don't know why they would play like a ballad at a battle of the bands. Like I
2: would do that at karaoke. Kill <laughs> me! I'm hot, sick. Like it's that right, perfect, guys. just awful song for karaoke.
1: Please buy Ryan Pack a coffee, support soundtrack your life. If you do, I will take Ryan out to karaoke and I will film him <laughs> doing this song.
0: You know, I skipped over that as like, cause that is is that an actual original song to the film? I yes. don't yeah. Oh, I'm so bad, guys. I'm sorry I didn't...
1: Well, you know what, though? The fact that you're not sure, I think, speaks volumes to how much they nailed it. Because it actually does sound like a radio play song from that particular era, right? Like, it was giving me mad goo-goo dolls, like, Third Eye Blind, like, Power Ballad, like, that.
2: If, if Bon Jovi and Creed had a baby,
1: yes! it would be that. Song. You know, I'm, that. Looking, I'm looking at the track
0: listing of the soundtrack, and No Vacancy has a second song called Fight, which I believe is the song that we start the movie with. Um, I I thought both of them were just covers. I didn't realize that they were written for the movie. So apologies to those songwriters. I don't know who you are because on my Wikipedia page, there's nothing that I can click to see who wrote it. But I'm assuming Mike White and Jack Black may have had some hand in it.
2: Oh, I know who wrote it. Who wrote it? Or at least I know "Heal Me I'm Heartsick" was written by uh, Craig Wedren, Who is a I'm a big fan of his 90s band Shudder to Think.
1: What? The guy from Shudder to Think wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's blowing my mind throughout this entire podcast.
0: I feel like I just need to defer to you guys on your podcast for this.
1: (laughs) Clearly, like we picked this movie. Ryan picked this movie, right? So your well of knowledge runs incredibly deep and weird. So strange.
0: I mean, if you guys come back, you're more. I I feel like you should have, uh, you know, Brandis uh, pick something because we've shat on her so many times. Yeah, (laughs) the past the past (laughs) almost hour. We've shat on her so many times. So have her
1: swap me. Are you trying to swap me for Brandis because I've dropped my light twice and I have a cricket in my wall? Is that going on, John?
0: Well, no. I would love to have the three of you here, (laughs) unless Ryan is like, "Ew, I don't like this movie." Bye.
2: (laughs) No, only Brandis and Nicole are allowed to do that. I have to show for all the podcasts.
1: Yeah, mandatory. I love how fickle we get to be. Again, we're just here for the face for the fun.
0: Uh, and on that note, actually, we're done with this episode. So, what do you all have to plug and promote?
2: Uh, soundtrack Your Life is a podcast that comes out on the second and fourth Monday of every month. You can follow us on Twitter at soundtrack underscore your and on Instagram at soundtrackcast.
0: Nice. And do you guys have personal socials that you want to plug just while we're here or anything?
1: No, just follow Soundtrack Your Life and oh. uh, you will get a message from Ryan or me.
0: Oh! We I don't have, know. We, <laughs> we have the people like, who run the content here. <laughs>
1: like pimping out promises, like just follow us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you want to... Uh, get in touch with me about School of Rock either the movie or the musical you can't, you're more than welcome to you can email me at butasungpod at gmail.com I'm also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at butasungpod. Tell me what you thought about No Vacancy. Were they Goo Goo Dolls or were they something else? And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Miami Connection
2: Ooh, I have an idea for an episode
0: We'll talk off uh recording But until next time, bye for now, everyone! Bye!
2: Bye!
0: Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.